Chapter Twenty One of With Frederick the Great: A Story of the Seven Year War by G. A. Henty. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Gary Olman. Chapter Twenty One: Home. Fergus remained at Torgau for six weeks. He had, two days after the battle, sent Karl off to carry a letter to Thirza, telling her that he had been wounded that she need have no uneasiness about him the surgeon saying that the wound was going on well and that should it not break out bleeding in the course of another week he would make a quick cure and would be fit for service again long before the spring karl had not found his horse again but had bought for a trifle an austrian officer's horse that was found riderless and had become the prize of a trooper who was glad to part with it at a quarter of its value he took with him the disguise of a countryman to put on when he approached the ground held by the Austrians near Dresden, and, leaving his horse fifteen miles away, had no difficulty in making his way in on foot. Karl went round to the back of the house. The servants recognized him as soon as he entered. Will one of you ask the Count to see me? Let him have the message quietly when he is alone. Your master is not killed? one of the women exclaimed in consternation killed no colonel drummond is not so easily killed he replied scornfully i have a letter from him in my pocket but he has been somewhat hurt and it were best that i saw the count first and that he should himself give the letter to the countess thirza in two or three minutes the man returned and led Karl to a room where the Count was awaiting him with a look of great anxiety on his face. All is well, Your Excellency, Karl said in answer to the look, at least, if not altogether well, not so bad as it might be. The Colonel was hit at Targo. A cannonball took off his left arm at the elbow. Fortunately, there were surgeons at work a quarter of a mile away, and he was in their hands within a very few minutes of being hit so they made a job of his wound at once they had not taken the bandages off when i came away but as there has been no bleeding and no great pain or fever they think it is going on well they tell him that he will be fit for service save for his half-empty sleeve in the spring here is a letter for the countess thirza it is not written by his own hand except as to the signature for the surgeons insist that he must lie perfectly quiet, for any exertion might cause the wound to break out afresh. He is quite cheerful and in good spirits, as he always is. He bade me give this note into your hands, so that you might prepare the young countess a little, before giving it to her. Tis bad news, Carl, but it might have been much worse, and it will indeed be a relief to us all for since we heard of that desperate fight at torgo and how great was the slaughter on both sides we have been anxious indeed and must have remained so for we should have had little chance of seeing the list of the prussian killed and wounded now do you go into the kitchen they all know you there make yourself comfortable i will give orders that you shall be well served he then proceeded to the room where Thurza and her mother were sitting. The former was pale and had evidently been crying. Some news has come, he said, not the very best, and yet by no means the worst. Drummond is wounded, a severe wound, but not, 
it is confidently believed a dangerous one thursa ran to her father and threw her arms round his neck and burst into a passion of tears he did not attempt to cheek them for some little time now my dear he said at last you must be brave or you won't be worthy of this lover of yours there is one bad point about it she looked up in his face anxiously but a smile reassured her you must prepare yourself for he being somewhat disfigured oh that is nothing father nothing whatever to me but how is he disfigured well my dear he has lost his left arm at the elbow thirza gave a little cry of grief and pity that is sad father but surely it is no disfigurement any more than that sabre scar on his face tis an honour to a brave soldier to have lost a limb in battle still i am glad that it is his left arm though had it been his right and both his legs it would have made no difference in my love for him well i am very glad thirza that your love has not been tested so severely as i confess that for my part i would much prefer having a son-in-law who is able to walk about and who would not have to be carried to the altar here is a letter for you from him that is to say which has been written at his dictation for of course the surgeons insist on his lying perfectly quiet at present thursa tore it open and ran through its contents it is just as you say father he makes very light of it and writes as if it were a mere nothing she handed the letter to her mother and then turned to the count is there anything we can do father nothing whatever with such a wound as that he will have to lie perfectly still for some time you may be sure that as one of frederick's personal staff he will have every attention possible and were we all in this town we could do nothing as soon as he is fit to be moved it will be different but we shall have plenty of time to talk over matters before that for some months travelling will be dangerous frederick's army is in the neighbourhood again and as dawn and lacy are both in their entrenchments behind the poland there is no chance of his again besieging dresden but his flying columns will be all over the country as doubtless will the croats and the roads will be altogether unsafe for travelling no doubt as soon as he is able to be moved he will be taken to frederick's headquarters wherever that may be established the king will assuredly have the hospitals at torgo cleared as soon as he can lest when he has retired the austrians might make another dash at the town the next morning Karl set out again bearing a letter from the court and one from thirza which was of a much less formal character than that which he had dictated to her and which as he told her afterwards greatly assisted his cure a month after the battle he was pronounced fit to travel and with a large train of wagons filled with convalescents and under a strong escort he was taken to leipzig where the king had just established his headquarters and to which all the wounded were to be sent as soon as they could safely be moved here he was established in comfortable quarters and karl again carried a letter to thirza ten days later count eulenfurst entered his room you're here count he exclaimed how kind of you what a journey to make through the snow i have been dragging hither the count said with a smile dragged hither count yes thirza insisted on coming to see you her mother declared that she should accompany her 
and of course there was nothing for me to do but to set out also are they here then count fergus exclaimed incredulously certainly they are here and established at the black eagle hotel i could not bring them here to a house full of officers you are well enough to walk to the hotel yes indeed i walked a mile yesterday as Carl was helping fergus into his uniform he asked how long were you in coming here count we did it in a day i sent on relays of horses two days before and as the carriage is of course on runners and the snow in good order we made quick work of it your man went on with the horses and rode with us from the last place where we changed i did most of the journey sitting by the coachman which gave them more room inside and was more pleasant for me also in a few minutes they reached the hotel and the count led fergus to a door you will find thirza alone there we thought that you had best see her so at first half an hour later the count and countess entered the room he looks very pale and thin mother thirza said after the countess had affectionately embraced fergus you would hardly have expected to find him fat rosy the count laughed a man does not lose his arm and go about as if the matter was not worth thinking of a few weeks afterwards he is certainly looking better than i expected to find him the empty sleeve is a sad disfigurement though he added slyly how can you say so father thursday exclaimed indignantly i think quite the contrary i feel quite proud of him with it well there is no accounting for taste thursday if you are satisfied i have no reason to be otherwise and now drummond we want to hear all about lignitz and torgo for we have only heard the austrian accounts dresden illuminated over dawn's first dispatch from torgo saying that the prussian attacks had been repulsed with tremendous slaughter and a complete victory gained the next morning there came i believe another dispatch but it was not published and it was not until we heard that dawn and lacy were both within a few miles of the town that we knew that somehow or other there had been a mistake about the matter a mistake that has not yet been cleared up at dresden the defeat part of the business i can tell you from my personal observation the victory only from what i heard certainly when i came to my senses after the surgeons had seen to my wounds i had no thought of anything but a disastrous defeat never did the prussians fight more bravely or more hopelessly they had to mount a steep ascent with four hundred cannon playing upon them and an army more than three times their number waiting at the top to receive them he then proceeded to tell them the whole story of the battle zethan seems to have blundered terribly the count said i believe that is the king's opinion too but zethan himself defends his action stoutly and maintains that he could never have succeeded in a direct attack in broad daylight anyhow as the matter came out all right in the end the king was too well satisfied to do no more than grumble at him the other was a hard-fought battle too the news of that was a relief to us indeed the count said it seemed to every one that frederick was so completely caught in the toils that he could not hope to extricate himself as you know in this war i have all along held myself to be neutral i considered that the plot to overthrow frederick and partition the kingdom was a scandalous one and that the king disgraced himself and us by joining in it but 
since that time my sympathies have become more and more strongly with frederick it is impossible not to admire the manner in which he has defended himself moreover the brutality with which the confederates and austrians wherever their armies penetrated saxony treated the protestants made one regard him as the champion of protestantism he was wrong in forcing the saxons to take service with him in his army after their surrender at perna and the taxes and exactions have for the last three years weighed heavily on saxony but i cannot blame him for that it was needful that he should have money to carry on the war and as saxony had brought it on herself i cannot blame him that he bore heavily upon her then too theresa has for the last two or three years become a perfect enthusiast for the prussians whether it was the king's gracious manner to herself or from some other cause i cannot say but she has certainly become an ultra prussian and now lunch must be ready and you look as if you wanted it drummond and i am sure thursa does she was too excited to eat supper when we got here last night and as for her breakfast it was altogether untouched no doubt you think Roman, count eulenfurst said when he called the next morning that you have done your duty fairly to prussia how do you mean count fergus replied somewhat puzzled by the question i mean that you have served five campaigns you've been twice made a prisoner you were wounded at zorndorf you nearly died of fever last winter now you have lost your arm at torgo so i think that you have fully done your duty to the king under whom you took service and could now retire with a thoroughly clear conscience my own idea is that the war has quite spent its strength france is practically bankrupt austria and russia must be as tired of the war as prussia and this last defeat of their hopes cannot but discourage the two empresses greatly i hear from my friends in vienna that in the capital and all the large cities they are becoming absolutely disgusted with the war and though it may go on for a while i believe that its fury is spent at any rate i think you have earned a right to think of yourself as well as others you certainly have nothing to gain by staying longer in the service i was thinking the same thing last night count certainly one man more or less will make no difference to frederick but i thought that unless you spoke of it i should let matters go on as they are except that i thought of asking for three months leave to go home that you should go home for a few months is an excellent plan drummond but i think it would be better that when you were there you should be able to stay five or six months if so inclined go to the king tell him frankly that you feel that you want rest and quiet for a time and that you have no longer any occasion in the pecuniary way for remaining in the army and that you want to get married all good reasons for resigning a commission you see we have now some sort of right to have a voice in the matter you had a narrow escape at torgo and the next time you might not be so fortunate and anxious as we are for thursday's happiness we do think it is high time that you retire from the service that decides it count i myself have quite enough of this terrible work were i a prussian i should owe my first duty to the country and as long as the war continues should feel myself bound to set aside all private considerations to defend her to the last 
but it is not so and my first duty now is assuredly to thirza to you and to the countess therefore i will this morning go to the king and ask him to allow me to resign my commission do so drummond i thought of saying as much to you last year but the anxiety of those terrible three or four days after torgo decided me if i thought that your honor was concerned in remaining longer in the army i should be the last to advise you to leave it even for the sake of my daughter's happiness but as it is not so i have no hesitation in urging you to retire tis a good time for me to leave now my cousin the earl marischal keith returned here three days ago and i will get him to go with me to the king i shall say nothing to my wife and thurza about it till i see you again drummond of course the king cannot refuse but i should like him to take it in good part as indeed i doubt not that he will i have no doubt that he will too count you may think it absurd and perhaps vain of me but indeed it is of the king that i am thinking rather than of myself during the past three years he has been good enough to treat me with singular kindness he has had trouble and care which would have broken down most men and i think that it has been some relief to him to put aside his cares and troubles for an hour or two of an evening and to talk to a young fellow like myself on all sorts of matters just as he does to sir john mitchell and my cousin the earl marischal i have no doubt of it drummond and i quite understand your feeling in the matter still we are selfish enough to think of our feelings too as soon as the count left fergus put on his full uniform and went to the king's quarters he first saw that earl marischal had told him his errand you are quite right the old man said heartily you have done more than enough fighting and there is no saying how long this war may drag on i told you when i first heard of your engagement to the young countess that i was glad indeed that you were not always to remain a soldier of fortune and i am sure that the king will consider that you have more than done your duty by remaining in his service for a year after having so splendid a prospect before you frederick is disengaged at present and i will go over with you to him and will myself open the matter fergus had not seen the king since his arrival at leipzig i am truly glad to see you on your feet again the latter said as fergus followed his cousin into the room i felt by no means sure that i should ever see you again on that day after targo but you still look very thin and pulled down you want rest lad we all want rest but it is not all of us that can get it that is what we have come to speak to you about your majesty keith said i told you a year ago that he was engaged to be married to the daughter of count eulenfurst the king nodded i remember her the bright little lady who received me when i went to her father's house the same sire he thinks that the warning he had at torgo was sufficient and that having done his best in your majesty's cause he has now earned a right to think of himself and her and so he would beg your majesty to allow him to resign his commission and to retire from the service he has certainly well earned the right the king said gravely he has done me right good and loyal service even putting aside that business at zorndorf and not the least of those services has been that he has often cheered me by his talk when i sorely needed cheering 
that empty sleeve of his that scar won at zorndorf are all proofs how well he has done his duty and his request now that fortune has smiled upon him in other ways is a fair and reasonable one i hope colonel drummond he went on in a lighter tone that as you will be settled in saxony and this war cannot go on forever i shall some day see you and your bride at berlin none would be more welcome he is going home to scotland for a few months in the first place keith said it is only right that he should visit his mother and people there before he settles here he will like enough be back again before the campaign opens in the spring fergus whose heart was very full said a few words of thanks to the king for his kindness that he had always shown him and for what he had now said and assured him that he should not only come to berlin as soon as peace was made but that as long as the war lasted he would pay his respects to him every year when he was in winter quarters he then withdrew and made his way to the hotel it is done he said to the count as he entered i have resigned my commission and the king has accepted it he was most kind i am glad that i have done it and yet it was a very hard thing to do thursday uttered an exclamation of joy i am glad indeed fergus that you are not going to do that terrible war again i can understand your feelings drummond the count said putting his hand upon his shoulder i know that it must have been a wrench to you but that will pass off in a short time you have done your duty nobly and have fairly earned the rest now let us talk of other things when do you think of starting for scotland to that i must reply fergus said with a smile how long are you thinking of stopping here assuredly i shall not want to be going as long as you are here and in any case i should like my mother to have a week's notice before i come home and i think that in another fortnight my wound will be completely healed i was thinking the count said that you will want to take a nurse with you do you mean count fergus exclaimed eagerly that thursday could go with me that would be happiness indeed i don't quite see why she should not drummond there are churches here and clergymen what do you say thursa oh father the girl said with a greatly heightened colour i could never be ready so soon as that could i mother i don't know my dear your father was talking to me an hour ago about it and that was what i said but he answered that although you might not be able to get a great many clothes made there will be plenty of time to get your things from home and that in some respects it would be much more convenient for you to be married here than at dresden your marriage with one who had so lately left the service of prussia would hardly be a popular one with the austrians in dresden so that altogether the plant would be convenient we can set the milliners to work at once and in another fortnight get your bridal dress ready and such things as are absolutely necessary course if you would rather remain single for another three or four months your father and i would not wish to press you unduly it is not that mother she said shyly but it does seem so very quick if a thing is good the sooner it is done the better the count said and thursday offered no further objections the next day an order appeared that colonel fergus drummond had been advanced another step in the order of the black eagle following which came 
Colonel Fergus Drummond, having lost an arm in the Battle of Torgo, has resigned his commission, which has been accepted with great regret by the king. The services of Colonel Drummond having been in the highest degree meritorious and distinguished. The king, having heard from the Earl Marischal that Fergus was to be married at Leipzig before leaving for Scotland, took great interest in the matter, and when the time came was himself presented in a cathedral together with a brilliant gathering of generals and other officers of the army in the vicinity and of many saxon families of distinction who were acquainted with count eulenfurst fergus had obtained karl's discharge from the army the latter who had long since served his full time having begged most earnestly to remain in his service on the following day, Fergus started with his wife for Scotland, drove to Magdeburg, and four days later reached Hamburg, where they embarked on a border ship for Edinburgh. Karl, of course, accompanied them. It was a day to be long remembered in the glen when Colonel Drummond and his Saxon wife came to take possession of his father's estates, where his mother had now been established for upwards of a year in the old mansion it was late when they arrived a body of mounted men with torches met them at the boundary of the estate and accompanied them to the house where all the tenants and clansmen were assembled great bonfires blazed and scores of torches added to the picturesque effect a party of pipers struck up an air of welcome as they drove forward and a roar of cheering and shouts of welcome greeted them welcome to your scottish home fergus said to his wife tis a poor place in comparison with your father's but nowhere in the world will you find truer hearts and a warmer greeting than here his mother was standing on his steps as he leaped out and she embraced him with tears of joy while after him she gave a warm and affectionate greeting to thirza then Fergus turned to the clansmen who stood thronging round the entrance, with waving torches and bonnets thrown wildly in the air, and said a few words of thanks for their welcome, and of the pleasure and pride he felt in coming again among them, as the head of the clan and master of his father's estates. Then he presented Thursday to them as their mistress. She has brought me another home across the sea he said and she will soon come to love this as well as her own and though i shall be absent part of the time she will come with me every summer to stay among you and will regard you as her people as well as mine among the dependents ranged in the hall was wolf with whom fergus shook hands warmly i shall never have got on as well as i have wolf he said had it not been for your teaching both in German and in arms. I commend to your special care my servant Karl, who speaks no English, and will feel strange here at first. He has been my companion all this time, has given me the most faithful service, and has saved my life more than once. He has now left the army to follow me. Fergus remained three months at home. Thursa was delighted with the country and the affection shown by the people to Fergus, and studied diligently to learn the language that she might be able to communicate personally with them, and above all with Mrs. Drummond, to whom she speedily became much attached. 
at the end of april they returned to saxony and took up their abode on the estate the count had settled on them at their marriage for two years longer the war continued but with much diminished fury and there was no great battle fought the king planted himself in a camp which he rendered impregnable and there menacing the routes by which the saxons and russian armies brought their supplies from bohemia paralyzed their movements while general platon made a raid into poland and destroyed a great portion of the russian magazines in that direction so that the campaign came to naught ferdinand with the aid of his english defeated broglio and subise at billingshausen subise remained inactive during the battle as broglio had done at minden at the beginning of seventeen sixty two a happy event for the king took place the empress of russia died and peter a great admirer of frederick came to the throne the prussian king at once released all the russian prisoners and sent them back and peter returned the compliment by sending home the prussian prisoners and six weeks after his accession issued a declaration that there ought to be peace with the king of prussia and that the czar was resolved that the war should be ended he at once gave up east prussia and other conquests and recalled the russian army he not only did this but he ordered his general chief to march and join the king the news caused absolute dismay in austria and hastened the swedes to conclude a peace with frederick they had throughout the war done little but the peace set free the force that had been watching them which had regularly every year driven them back as fast as they endeavoured to invade prussia on that side in july however the murder of peter threw all into confusion again but catherine had no desire to renew the war and it was evident that this was approaching its end she therefore recalled her army which had already joined that of the king of england and france too when negotiating terms of peace and it was clear that austria single-handed could not hope to win back silesia the king gained several small but important successes and recaptured the important fortress of swedenitz then came long negotiations and on the following february a general peace was signed by all the powers prussia retaining her frontiers as at the beginning of the war from this time fergus drummond's life passed uneventfully every year he went to his old home with his wife and as time went on brought his children to scotland and every winter he spent a fortnight at berlin when his second son reached the age of twelve he sent him to school in england and there prepared him to succeed to the scottish estate this he did not do for many years entering the british army and winning the rank of colonel in the peninsular war and it was not until some years after the battle of waterloo that at the death of his father he retired and settled down on the scottish estates that were now his the rest of colonel drummond's family took their mother's nationality fergus did not come in for the whole of the eulenfurst estates until thirty years after his marriage he then took up his abode with his wife at the mansion where they had first met near dresden and retaining 
a sufficient share of the estates to support his position divided the remainder among his children considering that the property was too large to be owned with advantage by any one person his descendants are still large landowners in various parts of saxony the king survived the signature of the peace for twenty-five years during which he devoted himself to repairing the damage his country had suffered by the war and by incessant care and wise reforms he succeeded in rendering prussia far wealthier and more prosperous than it had been when he succeeded to the throne lindsay rose to the rank of general in the prussian service and his friendship with fergus remained close and unbroken the old earl Marischal survived his younger brother for twenty years and was to the last one of the king's dearest and most intimate friends end of chapter twenty one recording by gary ullman west palm beach florida u s a end of with frederick the great a story of the seven years war by g a henty